Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. I'm your host, Nate Gagney, and I'm joined here by a couple co-hosts. Their names are <laughs> Jeremy Arsenal. Oh, yeah. And Steven Johnson. Oh, yeah. With our powers combined, <laughs> we can give you a podcast better than any other podcast. It will at least entertain you, may not educate you. It is going to be good. Ow. <laughs> no, Gentlemen, I hope, I hope how are you case. today? I mean, I know how you are because we've been hanging out all day, but anything new since... We started this uh, introduction. Nope. No messages on my phone to change my mood. That's good. Nothing at all. I'm excited to at least get this starting. Yeah. This is our eighth introduction and we looks like we're finally rolling here in the podcast. <laughs> sure. Eighth sure. take. Yep. Yeah, sure. we're here. We, um, we've been meeting with, we spent the morning meeting with some church planners in Maine and uh, learning what they're doing as yeah. they're launching their location, giving them an opportunity to ask us questions and, and hang out and check out the church here, which is their first time at the Dover location. So it was a good conversation, good time hanging out with them. That was so fun. They are the Varneys, and they're launching Illuminate Church in Brewer, Maine in 11 days, 10 days that's the viewing of the, the podcast. Soft launch. Yeah, that's their soft launch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're sharp. They got a lot of really cool ideas. Yeah. I, I just think it sounds like a lot of fun the way they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's good. And it makes my, it changes, it, it doesn't, I don't know, if it increases my prayers. It doesn't change my prayers. Yeah. It increases my prayers. God, give us more, more opportunities. Yeah. Launch more locations. One of the things, that is um, that they talk about, and I've got to navigate my own statistics. Yet I don't, I don't want to just repeat it and say it. But um, you know, they talk they they talked about New Eng- Northern New England, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine as being close to being an unchurched people group. But according to the statistics, what I looked at. I think we technically could be considered an unreached people group. Yeah. Because it is 2% evangelical Christian, 2% of population evangelical Christian. But, and so it's kind of tough depending on what numbers you look at. Right. Um, who's, who's what? But 3% of New Hampshire is a church attender. Is religious of some sort, right? Yeah. So. Oh, it ch- attends church. Right. Okay. And that's including Universalist Church, um, non-Bible believing churches. Right. It includes the Catholic Church. We just learned about one from the Varneys with a unicorn in front of yeah, it. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> in Maine, there's a church with a unicorn statue. But we, you know, we're less than. So again, I have to re- dive into those numbers, but potentially, we are an unchurched people group and. 
I'll end up working through some of this probably at the Kingdom Builder series. Yeah. As I develop these thoughts and dive into the numbers. Yeah. But I remember a few, it might even been at the January series at the beginning of this year when we talked through the metrics. All right, 3% of New Hampshire are church attenders. This percentage of those church attenders are evangelical, meaning Christians who shared the good news of Jesus with others. Like right. they see that as a, yep. a deliberate possibility. So there's like 147,000 people in New Hampshire to reach the 996,000 people in New Hampshire who don't attend church. It's just staggering. We're just staggering numbers. And it really shows us how important our role is. Mm. Um, anyway, I, I, I'm lit up. I'm, I'm excited. Just praying, God, give us more opportunity. Yeah. Allow us to reach people. Mm. And then if we even back that up against the backdrop of this series, God, you're coming home soon. You're coming back soon. Yeah. There's and an urgency for us. Yeah, there's that urgency to to bring people with us and usher it in, mm-hmm. which maybe right. we can talk about today as well. Yeah. One of the motivators for evangelizing the world is his return. And I don't know if I'll be able to pull it up off the top of my head because obviously the podcast isn't scripted. But he said that he'll return when the nations of the world have heard of him. Mm. Yeah. That's not nations, 193 nations. That's nations as in ethnicities. And there's 7,000 languages spoken around the world. And more than half of them have a Bible in their language now. Yeah. But it's trying to get the gospel to every one of these ethnicities. Yeah. And then he's coming back. So anyway, I've been talking for a long time. Why don't you guys say something? (laughs) I liked, you know, the central thing that I've been hearing from everyone. It's almost like the conversation starter. Man, this Sunday, pretty heavy, right? Like the idea of like, we never, we don't never, you've preached out of Revelation before. And I didn't this week either. Yeah, you did. I think first. I read one scripture. Yeah, you were mainly in what First Thessalonians. I saw a bunch. That yeah, our passage was Matthew. from Thessalonians, With and then we read him. two verses from Matthew twenty-four. So those were the bulk of it. Yeah, Thessalonians chapter two, verses one through four, I think. Yeah, but um, but you shared a lot of things that we almost don't teach that often. Um, at least where we're going to go like hard into this topic. I think people were excited. Some people were um, anxious, but like in a good way. Uh, Some people were anxious in a bad way because of cultures, preconceived. This is what an apocalypse is. And so you start to bring it up in church and it's like, oh no, it's real. Like, like there's all these things. So I, I think it's just been, it's going to be a fun series because we don't talk about that too much. And this was a series, I don't know if we already talked about this in the podcast. This was a series that was not in the original plan at Planning Retreat. This is one that we removed and inserted, moved stuff around. Yeah, I noticed today it was in my, because um, anytime I have a sermon series idea, I put it in a Google Doc. Yep. So today I had one for next year. So I went in, 
Cameron series 2023 wrote in that and I saw predictive text was in the ideas for next year. So yeah, we got, it got moved into this year. I moved soon. Which, um, yeah, it was, seemed to be pretty good timing. Yeah. What made you want to want to move that around and add it? I don't know. I just felt compelled. Mm. Just felt compelled to talk about it. That's cool. In fact, this year we talked a lot about, you know, like heavy topics that, you know, we normally don't. Like we pretty much line heavy, normal, like easy. But this year has been like good, good heavy stuff. Like yeah. we talked about the Holy Spirit series, prayer series, the God we created, mm. I created. And then pretty good, like now the second coming it's all like heavy, good stuff. Mary series, you know. So I think it was, it was good. And and what I'm hearing from people are they're not sick of it, right? They're not like, oh my gosh, another heavy topic. Yeah. Is they're like ex- super excited I mean, people are really to excited. learn about different things. Um, so yeah, and I think that you were referencing before. Passionate when you were talking, I think it was Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. Yep. Yep. Exactly. That's the one. Verse 14, 24, 14. So I read verse 15 uh, in my sermon mm. talking as evidence to the temple will be rebuilt. But the end is... I mean, it's potentially here. I mean, it is here. Um, It could happen at any moment. Um, But also, it could be another 25, 50 years away. It's hard Mm. for us to know because the way we number days and the way God numbers days are different. Mm -hmm. Um, I had someone come after service yesterday. No, not yesterday because today's not even Monday. But uh, anyway, come after service (laughs) on Sunday and say to me... um, you know, Israel was formed a nation in 1946 and a generation is 70 years, 80 if you're strong. And so how many years has it been since 1946? Well, it's been 76 years. So uh, is it potential that he's now going to return within a generation of Israel being formed as a nation? We're yeah. potentially right in that window. But our speculation, right. mostly, but it could happen. Like he's right. just that realization. Do you feel like there's so like, I don't remember who was telling me about it. There was a whole thing in the nineties, right? The whole list, 90 reasons. Yeah. Jesus 88 reasons. 88, and 88 reasons is a famous one. Okay. 88 reasons that Jesus is coming back. Like, do you, do you feel this is one thing that I was thinking of? Like almost on purpose, there's all these different things that show the times are near to keep reminding us, like to keep putting the urgency, like, you almost can never deny the fact that a different type of prophecy is happening. And so you're like, okay, well, if all these, if all these candles stay lit right now, then this is going to be it. And so even if that diminishes, it's like, oh, well, shoot, now there's a new, you know what I mean? That's what it feels like. It's like, there's God's constantly being like, Hey, remember this one too. This, this is a piece. Like, I think a thing because all of us are younger that we don't capture is how much of a miracle it was that, Israel was just given land and said, here, start a nation. Mm. We're sorry about everything that happened to you during World War II. Here's land, make a nation. 
and mm. just the miraculous nature yeah. of that. Hey, you haven't had a nation in almost 2000 years. It's been 1900 years. Um, but here, start a nation. Here's this wasteland desert and go ahead. It's yours. And what has happened in the years since in 1946, they're now a leader in like military technology and medical technology, mm. in irrigation and farming technology, in 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 fresh water desalination. I mean, they're just leaders oh. of the world in a lot of areas. And obviously, they're deeply hated too. But it, it, they haven't even it hasn't even been a hundred years, right? And all that they've been able to do. And if you look at like before and after pictures of 1946 to now, like it's just unbelievable. Mm. Um, and the way that it's grown. Yeah. It's just a lot there too. So, Stephen, see if you could look up this scripture, all right, where he talks about, and I should have kept a note, right? Because I probably had it in my notes last week from studying, but but I don't have it with me. But he says he's going to draw all the people back to Jerusalem. And that's going to be one of the signs that the end is coming. And, and that's happening. Like people are moving, especially with everything happening in Syria, everything happening in Ukraine, all the Jewish believers in Ukraine are trying mm -hmm. to move to Israel. Um, someone in our church that's Jewish, they told me personally the nation of Israel contacted him and his mom and and offered to pay to move them to Israel. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I just had that conversation a couple of months ago. Wow. And I said, tell me more about this. Um, <laughs> but 87% of the world's Jews are in two places, Israel mm -hmm. and New York City. So they're pretty wow. concentrated Yeah. now at this part. Wow. And so that's like one of those other signs yep. that, seems to be happening or that is happening. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. It, it, really, there's much more going on that we could, yeah. and I don't want to speculate, right? Right. That but is the trying to understand. You, Red heifers, I never knew about that until it happened. All of a sudden, I've got a couple of pastor's friends posting like, huge deal. I'm like, well, let me study this. Why is this a huge deal? Oh, for the first time <laughs> in 2000 years, yeah, they could um, open a temple. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That stuff is like, um, you, you always, whenever you go into these things, make me realize how much I'm not learning about what's going on in the world. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got to look that up. I didn't know that was uh, something that's going down. Well, eight or nine days ago, right? Russia and China doing joint military exercises, yeah. practicing battle formations together. <laughs> that was pretty interesting. Off the shores of our... Seas, um, and the bozos countries hate our guts, mm -hmm. absolutely despise us. Mm. Um, Russia having the rumors they've armed their nuclear weapons. One of their governors has called for a, um, a nuclear strike. He called for a nuclear strike last week on on Ukraine. Mm. Uh, it's just right here. They talk about labor pains. Yeah. But Jesus talks about labor pains and groaning. Uh -huh. And man, it's just, you just start looking at all of it and it feels right. like he's here. And surely people have felt like that 
all along. I'm sure in 1946, they all thought, here it is, it's going to happen. Um, but it could be. Like, it feels like a long time to us, but it's not a long time right. for the Lord. The The weird part about all of it is is still the fact that I I feel it, all right? And I have to convince myself out of it whenever I think through it. And I think, think a lot of people feel this. Those things you're listing, as you list them, those stress me out. And they stress people out thinking of, here's what's happening. Man, revelations going to happen. Like the end times are coming. Like that's a stressful thing. I think our culture kind of made it that way. Yeah. Well, tell me but, why it's stressful for you. Cause I don't feel. Well, so that. it, that's just the culture, right? So COVID's happening. Everyone's telling us people are dying cause they're getting this, this sickness and they're dying. And then all the memes come out, me looking outside the window to see what chapter of revelation we're on right now. So everyone associated COVID pandemic, everyone dying over this random sickness you can contract very easily must be revelation because it sounds miserable and we're all bunkered up. So it's like, it feels like our culture when we hear like end times, it's like world blowing up times, right? That's just what it, it seems like is the culture of like how we, how we view it. And so there are a lot of people that get stressed about it because I don't know, like in our day and age, like revelation is apocalyptic literature. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you think about apocalypse in America, it's like zombies yeah. and all this, but that's not even like what the word means. I think we probably watched too much Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably part of it. Right. The other part of it, I think some of it lines up with your theology. So. Oh, wait, can I? So, yeah. I, I just was doing this research the other day, someone talking about demonic activities. And as a side note, they did lean into Hollywood movies as like teaching them what demonic activity looks like. It was a real article about demonic activity. And the person said, and this happened, this happened, this happened. And I've seen enough movies to know that's a demon possession. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's an interesting way to point that out. Anyway, yes, we do watch too much Hollywood. <laughs> the Because for the believer, there's nothing about the end times to be afraid of. Not yeah. a single thing. Yeah. The only people maybe who have something to fear are post-tribulation Christians. And we, we were not going to dive into that in our Sunday morning series, but... I'm just about everybody believes there's a tribulation that's at seven years at the end of the age. Mm -hmm. It's the last seven years of the end times. Most everybody believes that. Some believe that the rapture of the church will happen before those seven years. Some believe it'll happen halfway through. Some believe it'll happen after. The only stressful position are people who are post-trib. <laughs> right. That they have, that they're Because they're going to be living it. through the worst of the worst. They're yeah. going to be living through the worst moments ever in the history of the, God's creation. Yeah. They'll be living through it. And, um, mm. but we don't believe that. Right. And then some, and then you have people who don't believe in the rapture. They just believe in the second coming. So again, there's nothing for them to f necessarily fear either. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think just, the Left Behind movies, the... Oh, I didn't watch any of them. Really? So I haven't seen them. I've seen enough clips to know, like, they make it scary. They make it scary. The Left Behind, 
right? Because it yeah, follows. That. But that, I guess, makes Thief sense. Thief in the Night, I saw. Which one? Thief in the Night. That's the one that Mark Patterson got saved watching, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Thief in the Night. That's an old one. Weird. I watched that in middle school at the Milton Church. But Milton you, location. You, really? You make a point anyway, though, because I'm pretty sure Left Behind is from the viewpoint of someone who's not a believer, right? And all the crazies right, happening yeah. around them. Yeah. So I guess that. But yeah, I was a Christian. Or I know of the gospel, but I never gave my life to Jesus. I think that's a scary place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this week certainly we're gonna make a push to like, you know, the the parable of the ten virgins we might talk about on Sunday, and that's there's ten getting ready to go to a wedding and only five are ready when the limo comes to pick them up. Right. Yeah. And five get left behind. Five, they get excluded from the banquet, from the wedding. Well, that's a warning. Jesus gives a bunch. He gives some in Matthew 24. He gives some in Matthew 25. There's going to be a separation. The wheat from the tares. There's going to be some who are left behind. There are going to be some who say, Lord, Lord, didn't we? And he's going to say, I never knew you. And so there is... Yeah, there's a lot An of urgency for of holiness, for repentance, mm. for commitment to God, for daily obedience. Mm. Um, and I think that's a part of it to say, I got to quit playing around. I, mm. I got to jump into. Is that your heart thing. behind trying to work through this series is, is working through that kind of teaching on it? Or is that I, just an added piece? Um. I want our church to love Jesus, to share Jesus, to passionately follow Jesus. Yeah. And I think that was his motivation in sharing these signs of the times, you know, in times he wants us to stay committed to him, not be deceived by false teachers, not be deceived by someone who shows up after who's going to do signs and wonders and miracles. They're going to call themselves God. He's going to sit in the temple, not to be deceived. Right. Um, yeah, so we want people to love Jesus. Right. I think some, one of my favorite things that you talked through of uh, on Sunday, like the best quote was like, we all have these different beliefs and you kept saying, we don't know what we don't know and we're probably all wrong anyway. <laughs> like the way you were wording it, like, and we're, we all have something wrong anyway, right? And I remember going, like there was a weird phase where everyone, we had, you know, we had a group of people here they were like, all they wanted to talk about was end times revelation. And it was like, as if somehow that was really going to shape their entire life is understanding this. I'm like, guys, like people, people really had their own thoughts of what Jesus was going to look like when he first showed up. If they got that wrong, dedicating their life, you're not going to spend this summer and just figure out how it's important it's to study it. So yeah. we don't want to just disregard it. Yeah, absolutely. It's important to try to be accurate of it as much as you can. Yep. Because uh, I think it, it, I think it does, some parts of it do frame how you act. But I've always communicated this. I think the end, I think there are eschatologists and it's almost their own religion. Yeah. They are just, it's yeah. all about revelation. It's all about guessing. And it's not Christianity. It's, Feels like an, it's another religion. Almost. It's another religion. Yeah. And um, and so I don't I don't preach to those people. I'm not going to be their, mm-hmm. their prophet yeah. speaking into their false religion. It's about Jesus, him crucified, him resurrected, 
his good news to the earth. Um, his return is a is him establishing his kingdom and his throne yeah. and and perfection and eternity. That's the point, mm. not on what guy with an accent is going to be the antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's good. Yeah, so we did start another thing this uh, this Sunday. We started doing questions that we would try and talk through in this, which we've talked about doing for a some while. Some might be in this, some might be in the sermon. Yeah, so. Depends on. We'll just let you know if it's going to be preached and you'll have to listen to the message for that one. Right. We got four questions. So if um, there's a chance people are having a hard time texting them in because of autocorrect on your iPhone, but. We got five total. We got five, five questions. Five that came in, yep. All right. Well, you want to pick out a question and we decide to answer it now or answer it later? Yeah. So here's one. Um, I'm somewhat confused about the possibility of the second coming now. I thought it was said in the Bible that Jesus could come again at any time, no matter what. Now I'm thinking that certain things need to be in place, like the temple being rebuilt, red heifers. If that was the case, we could judge when he was coming. Um, so we really can't judge, right? Because so Israel being a nation, right? everybody thought like, okay, this is it. This is, it is going to happen. And then it's been 76 years. So again, we don't, we, we don't know. Like we, we can look at all these things, um, but we can be looking at it wrong. I'm sure during World War II itself, people were, anticipating this is it this is this is the war that that scripture prophesied about right i thought it was going to happen then um so yeah when we were it can happen at any time right the rapture of the church right. can happen at any time but the second coming that there's very specific things in scripture that are alluded to, mm. right? So it doesn't, and probably most generations could figure out like how it was going to happen yeah, or could see signs of it. I remember the Mark of the Beast. I remember when I was a kid and UPC codes came out, barcodes, bar oh. <laughs> and all the Christian tracks back then had people with barcodes on their forehead because that That's was awesome. going to be the Mark of the Beast. And that was how they could understand it then. Yeah. Well, you know, mm. then microchipping became a thing and then people understand it. Oh, it could be, this could be it. Yeah. Well, it could be some technology we haven't even figured out yet right. because you can walk into Amazon and an Amazon store, walk in and walk out. And they just bill you. And they just bill they, you. Yeah. Based on your face and your phone, they just bill you. So it could be a technology we haven't yeah. recognized yet. Yeah. I think also you will never, like sitting here, you never know all this is happening in Israel. Right. 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 Like you never yeah. know. It might be happening and it just happened. You know? Right. So all this might be happening without without us being aware of it. Right. Yep. In that part of the world. Like, as you said, you know, all the events, it's happening. You know, like right. it happened in the events that are, we didn't know. Right, we didn't know that's happening in Israel, right. but it's happening. So, yeah, Jesus can come anytime. 
our part as a believer is to be prepared. So when he comes, we are ready. Not like, oh, you know, like, oh, this can't, this should happen. So I'll wait. Not like that. It's happening already. (laughs) It's, we are not, we are not in that game yet. You know, so I think, you know, it's happening around us without even us knowing it. So think about it like this, right? You're a kid, your parents say, hey, I'm leaving. I'll be back in a few hours. You need to clean your bedroom and do the dishes before I come <laughs> home. And you're like, when are you going to be home? One o'clock. All right, perfect. I'm going to wait till 1255 because I know when my parents are going to get home. Then they get home at one o'clock. You didn't do anything. You're like, oh no. Right. Because you think, if you think you know, right, then you slack off. You're not yeah. urgent. We don't know. Right. And so if you're like, I'll just wait until there's a temple built. Well, listen, that's, that's people's understanding interpretation of how it's going to happen. But we're not putting our trust in people's interpretation. I'll live for God once the interpreters tell me when to live for for God. No, you either live for him now or you're not going to live for him. Right. Yeah. You're either going to get ready for the wedding or you're going to miss the limo. Yeah. It's. I think the, the other thing, like when we were talking about this yesterday, like Jesus refers to it as labor pains. You don't, when you get your first contraction, your wife gets a contraction, you don't say baby's coming 12 hours from now. Like you, you don't actually know. Right. That's just the warning sign that you're going to labor. Like everyone's labor time is so different. And so to know like, oh, this is happening. That actually tells you nothing about when it's going to happen. It's just saying, yes, the process is going. Right. You know what I mean? You know, it doesn't matter what the due date is. Right. When the father says, all right, Jesus, you're going home. He's not going to be like, but you said <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is going to happen first. No, because God understands what he's been warning us of. And yeah. he knows what really needs to happen. Again, we're, <laughs> we're studying scripture. And we're trying to understand it according to our best yeah. efforts. Which and was according to the Holy Spirit's revelation. Yeah. Which was another, um, another question someone had asked similar to what you just mentioned They've always wondered how, if God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are one, how Jesus wouldn't know the hour. And I don't think we have anything really to point to that, but I didn't know if you have ever. You want to? Yeah, I think uh, when Jesus mentions that in the scripture, uh, that he does not know the hour that is returning, he was not, it, it was not it was out of the reverence to his father that he was saying, you know, like I'm submitting to the fatherhood Mm. that, you know, I know it, but it's still in his way that I'll return. Mm. It's not my own timing. It's if you study that, it's out of that reverence he was saying to his father Mm. that, hey, I know, I mean, I want to, I want to be submissive to you, not just return. He knows it. He knows when he's coming, but it's just out of that reverence he was saying that, you know, I, I'm being submitted to your, uh, to you as a father. He, though he, something switched with the incarnation because he's fully God and fully man. He's God incarnate, God mm-hmm. of one of us, fully God, fully man, 100% fully God, 100% fully man. Well, he laid down, some of his rights when he became a man because he's not right omnipotent. He's not um, uh, omnipresent anymore. Mm. 
So he laid part of that down. And so I've always understood it as he laid part of his uh, omniscience, his uh, uh, omniscience, right? His, his all-knowingness down. Yeah. Yeah. He laid part of that down as well. Mm. And so 12-year-old Jesus didn't know right. everything that 33-year-old Jesus did. And 33-year-old Jesus, I don't think, knew everything that uh, unincarnate Jesus, Jesus did. Knew. And again, like that's harder. So how could he not know this if they're one? Well, he died. He was separated from God the Father. They're still one. We can't really understand that mystery. Yeah. Um, but God himself didn't die because Jesus died. No, that... There, there is a huge miracle in the incarnation of God that, yeah. right. that we don't want to overlook. He humbled himself That's when cool. he became one of us. He laid down the rights of heaven, the comfort of heaven. Right. So, yeah. That's good. It, yeah, it was more, as, as Pastor Nate said, he was just giving up his right in reverence to his father that, you know, he wanted... So that we could we could have that freedom. That's good. How long have we been talking now? Thirty-eight minutes. Thirty? Half hour? I just thirty. All right. Yeah, we're good. You got another one? Yeah. We'll read through as many as we can. Um question about the end times. I really I realize no one really knows why, but what are your thoughts on why the Bible doesn't clearly lay out what will happen? If I remember right, but this came in later in the week. That's why they're saying, if I remember right, on his sermon. Um, if I remember right, Pastor Nate said, everyone will get it wrong to some point. Why wouldn't God have written the Bible so we could all get it right? So a couple of things, right? If I just correct it, I didn't say we'll all get all of it wrong. We're just all going to get a portion, of, a it portion of it wrong. And, and there may potentially be some of us who, I mean, they just get it right. But I just think it's so complex. Yeah. What are the that, odds? <laughs> that it's just, there's probably, if the, if the disciples are learning from Jesus and they're misunderstanding the crucifixion, we're probably going to misunderstand a few right. parts of this. Um, but why didn't he just put it all in the Bible? Well, he, right, there's a few, there's probably a few things about that. One, because we'll be the lethargic. Yeah. And just like, you know, the people who say, I'm going to, um, I'll give my life to God on my deathbed. I'm going to do everything I want to do. And then right before my, I die, I'll give my life to God then. Have you ever met someone yeah, who did that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can just, I can, for at the last second, I can pray, God, forgive me and he'll forgive me. Yeah. All right. That's what I'm going to do. Then that's yeah. my plan. Yeah. I'll go then. Good luck with that. Good luck <laughs> knowing you're about to die. Right. Um. Because in your pride, you're not going to submit your life to Jesus if you think you're going to be able to party again next weekend. Right. I think, too, we can't even comprehend the fact that there is, like, written word that two people could read the same passage and it teach and speak to them in different ways, right? So, like, the living word of God, the fact that the word of God, like, can speak to everyone we can't even fathom the idea of like, I'm going to write a poem that's going to hit 10 different people differently. Like I, I couldn't do that. So the idea of like, okay, the Bible's written in this way. 
so that in all these moments, God's using this written word to speak to people. And there's no other book that predicts the future. There's no other book that talks about the future. Yeah. This is the, this is the one that shows us the end. There's no other book does that. Yeah. And so that's a part of it as well. Um, The other thing though is why did Jesus teach in parables? And they even asked him, Jesus, why do you teach in parables? And he's like, well, because not everybody needs to know. Mm. That's essentially what he said. Not yeah. everybody needs to know. Not everyone will Though, understand it. Not, not, no, nobody here, not everybody has ears to hear. And so this is part of this as well. Mm. He, he puts it in this language because if your hearts aren't ready to listen. It just sounds like mm. gibberish almost. Right. Like you're just going to read it and be like, okay, I don't get that. Um, but if he laid it all out, I think there's a couple of things. Well, I just think we wouldn't be urgent. Yeah. We would just, we wouldn't serve God. We would serve a calendar. Or even like the thought of, all right, if he had written everything right in the Bible, like we would wait till that moment. All right. Oh, the second coming is in June 6th. Oh, I'll wait till June 5th to get right with God. You know, like that kind of like, oh, I'll wait, you know, because I know when the time is. So I'll just wait last minute, day before the coming of Jesus, I'll get saved and I'll be in the book of life and just get right, you know. Sounds great. You know, sounds great because, you know, he's God, right? He forgives and stuff like that. But uh, Which there still is a lot wrong with it, like. You're not really going to be repentant if that's your No, because Satan, well, there's a couple of things, right? Satan right. just grapples his hooks in us. Yeah. And we become like Pharaoh. Our hearts are so hard. Right. Or Nebuchadnezzar. Our hearts are so hard. We can never repent. Right. And that we whole just, idea of God, like ha- handing them over. Uh, if you're going to choose this sin, I- I'll hand you over to it because you are stating to me you want right. to do this. I'll hand you over to it. And then you can't repent like you've been you've chosen, yeah. you know, oh, right. so it's not really a way that you can like kind of decide, I'll decide when I'm repentant. Like, oh, right. well, it's not really. I feel like there's way. something we're missing in our answer because I think, I think there's part of it. So part of what we're saying is he's just tricking us to, so we'll stay loyal to him. <laughs> I feel like it's part of our answer, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's not tricking us. Right. And he's not, he's not just, well, if I tell you the truth, then you won't really love me. Like, and I <laughs> yeah. feel like that's what yeah, yeah, I might yeah. be communicating yep. as well, which is not what I'm trying to communicate, but I think it's a portion of it. But I, I, how, did the, how did the Magi know from studying scripture that the Messiah had been born? How do they know? You asking me? Or? Well, they travel from Asia, yeah, right, and show up and meet a little one and a half or two year old baby Jesus, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Yeah, we were studying the stars and knew he'd been born, and so we've come to find the King of the Jews." It's just think about the miracle yeah, of that, yeah, and it was hidden, buried, but uh, somehow they found that information and they got there mm-hmm. to be part of that miracle. Mm. I think there's a part of God hides it, right? Because Herod couldn't find it. Yeah. Had Herod found it, he would have showed up and assaulted Jesus. Instead, he just makes it, he need to kill all the boys. Yeah. 
and Jesus escapes and they go live in Egypt for a few years. And I think part of scripture is a God hiding, God hiding it from his enemies. Because mm-hmm. what happens if Governor Mills from, from Maine finds out the end time's coming? What's she going to do? She's going to lock down the churches back to only having 50 people in service again. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and so the yeah. enemy's going to be warding it. But yeah. because it's hidden in the mystery yeah. of God's word, it, they kind of, they're kind of oblivious to it. Right. Satan, his enemies, his minions, the evil powers on earth, they're kind of stuck. Yeah, there's a phrase that I had always heard, like going through, like studying your Bible and like, you know, not getting caught up in these deep things that could mean anything. And they talk through, if it's if it's not plain, it's not main. Like if it's not spelled out too serious, like to the letter, like it's probably not the main point. Cause you even think through like in scripture, what is spelled out very well? Salvation through Jesus. Yeah. What can what is very hard to get wrong in the Bible? Salvation through Jesus. So that's the main. And how easily do we get that wrong? <laughs> right. Right. How easily? Yeah, it's true. How many random sub doctrines? How many times do we in my own life with? do I get it wrong? Yeah. Mm. All the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm you know, and I'm trying to be performance based. Yeah. Relationship yep. with God and not just resting in he loves me unconditionally. Yeah. He, and that's just right there. For God did not come into the world to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to save the world through me. Now let me prove to you that I'm worth saving. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. I'm doing it again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the idea of like the things that are easily spelled out, right? We still work through, we still struggle with like, but that's the main, that's what, that's what we need to take in and need to spread to the rest of the world. And if we're missing that and it's spelled out so clearly, like then God's also going to write this scripture. Like this is important, but it's not the main thing. So I need to, I'm going to write it in this way. So the main thing is still the main thing. Right. Salvation Mm -hmm. through Jesus, you know? Yeah. That's always what I've heard is like, um, it's the, through the word. I don't remember the pastor's name, but he does a devotional going through every book of the Bible. And every time he gets to one, that's like a little more prophecy is like, here's the thing you got to remember. If it's not plain, it's not main. Like we got to focus on Jesus in every scripture and, and not great. go, not go off topic. So that's pretty awesome. I think we got a new, uh, new text. When? Uh, like few seconds ago. No, that was me testing out the feature. No, no, it's right here. No, we got a, a specific call in my life. Or a sp- oh. specific thing. People God are texting us in real time, and our podcast isn't even live. Wow. Well, let's go through <laughs> one of the. Did we have another? Are we out of time? We're running out of time. So we did what? Three questions. Three questions. All right. So just let's keep track of the ones we did and the ones yeah, we haven't. Yeah, done. Yeah, I put little checks so we can go back and, and answer. We it. can um, keep track of it. Um, books, podcasts. Um, anything that you recommend? Uh, the Bible project did a good, um, good teaching on, um, on revelation. They went through, they, which one of the questions, how do you talk about this and not sound crazy? They did a really good job talking about, here's what culture is saying about it. Let's just like make it a little less crazy by calling it what the Bible's calling it. They did a whole revelation series that they never once tell you what they think is like, the absolute truth. They're just like, here's all the ways you could view it. 
And here's mm-hmm. the Bible that backs it. I, I liked that one a lot. That one taught quite a bit. So that's a good podcast. Just search through. Uh, Grow Leader podcast with church with um, Chris Hodges. He had someone on five or six months ago talking about um, talking about world superpowers. So when the world has one superpower, how that advances the gospel, then it devolves back into having three superpowers oh, and yeah. what that creates. And then it moves to two superpowers again. And then one. I remember you talking about that. We before. can recognize where it was like, you know, Germany, Russia, the US, then Russia and the US, and then just the US since what, 1990? And what has happened in the world since 1990? The gospel moved forward economies grow everywhere and now we could be shifting back to a three world power again Mm -hmm. and just what that's going to mean and anyway that was kind of a Mm -hmm. an amazing podcast that's cool that i recommend which one's that grow leader Grow leader okay yeah that's good chris hodgett i don't remember who it was but it was probably four or five months ago uh any books you recommend um Uh, the Left Behind series. Pick up, <laughs> I mean, pick it up at any yard sale. <laughs> They're, They're always everywhere. there. I never read any of them, but... Me neither. Uh, What's their movie? They're... You know, I would get doctrine books probably <laughs> rather than sensational books, but yeah. just under, trying to understand doctrine. So, Assemblies of God, um, uh, Restoration Church, we believe in them. Pre-tribulation rapture, a literal um, millennium banquet, thousand-year marriage supper of the Lamb, mm-hmm. and a new heaven and new earth. So we always talk about going to heaven one day, but life is so much more than just heaven and and hymns. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have a whole earth. So we'll have probably jobs and careers. Yeah but that we love that aren't part of our economy, right. but are part of just true, genuine worship for God. Yeah. We're going to have recreation and relationship. There is talk of like trade in the, in the Bible too, like talking of trade between new heaven and new earth of this, like almost like an economy that there is a trade off yeah. that happens. It's and really ability interesting. And to, to go to both, I think. So it's going to be a lot more fun and we grew up believing in Sunday school. Yeah. A lot more fun. A lot more fun. Yep. You think about our best recreation that we have here that's godly and holy. And it will <laughs> and it will be there as well. Yeah. So it's gonna be fun. That's what awesome. will you be doing four hundred years from now? We'll be doing something. We're not just gonna be singing all the time. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were really asking. I'm like, oh, let's do this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's awesome. Sweet. Well, thanks well, for listening, guys. We'll answer the rest of the questions. Hopefully, we'll we'll get through them. But, I may um, take one like and do it in a sermon. I don't know. Yeah. We may take a whole week. I'm not sure. Yeah. Depends so. on how we get through this. Sweet. Thanks for listening. Peace in the Middle East. Oh, how relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>